My message today is called Hope in Heaven. Some of life's biggest questions are, what will happen to me when I die? Will I go to heaven? What will heaven be like? Do you remember the first time you thought about your immortality? For me, it was when I was nine years old. I was a late-in-life baby, the youngest of six kids. My mother was a stay-at-home mom who took care of the house and my sister and I. My other brothers and sisters were already married and on their own by this time. My father was a butcher at a local grocery store, and it was a typical morning late in summer. The school year hadn't started yet. My sister Lynn and I were just hanging around the house, not really in a hurry to do anything. My mom got a phone call from the store where my dad worked. They told her that my dad had passed out at work and an ambulance was coming and that she should head right to the hospital. My mom didn't drive, so she called a cab and got ready to go. Lynn, who was five years older than me, was in charge of me. My mom left, and Lynn and I waited. About an hour later, a lady that worked with my dad brought my mom home. The lady came in first and told Lynn and I that my dad had passed away. At nine years old, I was never going to see my father again. I don't really remember what I knew about heaven or about Jesus. I went to church and Sunday school every week, but I really don't remember the theology. I don't remember what they taught us. I know it was important to my dad that we go to church every week, and he served on the church council. At the funeral, many people talked about what a nice man my dad was, so I thought, he must have gone to heaven, because heaven is the place where nice people go, right? I also thought heaven was a place where my dad could watch me grow up. As I got older, I kept going to church. We moved to Abrams near my aunt and uncle for a few years, so I went to church with them. They went to the Methodist church, so that's where I got confirmed. When I was a freshman in high school, my mom and sister and I moved here to Oconto Falls. And I became a member of this church because that's where Lynn started going. But after high school, I got too involved in my earthly life, and I didn't really have time for church anymore. I didn't understand what it meant to be saved. When I was a little girl, I thought being a nice person would get me into heaven. Well, I was the baby of the family and a little bit spoiled. So when I thought I was being a nice person, others thought I was being a brat. And I was. When I was older, I thought it was good works that would get me into heaven. 
But that leads to a lot of questions. If good works get you into heaven, what is good? What is enough? How much good works will it take to make sure I get to heaven? Well, I know today that it's not good works that get us into heaven. In Ephesians chapter 2, Paul tells us, God saved you by his grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done. So none of us can boast about it. So we know there is a heaven, but what will it be like? We have a couple of ways to glimpse heaven. The first and truest way is to look in the Bible. And we will talk about that in a minute. But first I want to talk about what is commonly referred to as a near-death experience. A near-death or sometimes referred to as an out-of-body experience comes when a person is clinically dead, but usually doctors are working to resuscitate them. So the term near-death is a little misleading. These people are not near-death. They are dead, at least for a short period of time. There is no heart activity. There is no brain activity. John Burke is a pastor who has extensively studied these near-death experiences. Burke has a master's degree in theology and philosophy from Trinity International University near Chicago. After he received his degree, he worked as a ministry leader in different churches until he and his wife, Kathy, were led to plant a new church called Gateway in Austin, Texas. Today, Gateway Church has over 5,000 members. Burke has always had an interest in near-death experiences, and after years of research, he wrote a best-selling book titled Imagine Heaven, Near-Death Experiences, God's Promises, and the Exhilarating Future That Awaits You. Imagine Heaven has sold more than one million copies. Near-death experiences are not rare. A 2019 study indicates that nearly one in ten people report having a near-death experience. I am telling you this so that you know Burke's research wasn't about one or two people or even ten people. There are thousands of well-documented cases. What Burke found in his research is that the majority of people who have a near-death experience talk about going toward a light. That light is Jesus. They often meet people along the way who passed before them, And not everyone seems to get all the way to the light, but if they do, they are in the presence of Jesus. They describe him as light and love. 
a love so wonderful, so profound, so all-encompassing, it can't be described by human words. If there is judgment at this point, these people tell us that judgment comes from themselves. Shame at the things they did in his or her life. Jesus, on the other hand, radiates understanding and forgiveness. People who have these experiences often say they sense they have a choice whether to stay there or to come back to earth. And obviously, these people have chosen to come back for whatever reason. Sometimes they know that they have something they're supposed to do yet or a reason to come back. People have also described heaven as beautiful with colors beyond imagination. Sometimes before they get to the light, they can look down and watch people trying to resuscitate them. It is here that we get some actual proof that these experiences really happened. One such documented case is about a woman named Maria. Maria was having a heart attack and was rushed to a large hospital where doctors were working on her. When her heart stopped, she could feel herself floating up and out of the room and then out of the building Outside, on one of the upper floors of the building, she saw a tennis shoe on a ledge. She described it as a large, blue, man's tennis shoe with a scuff mark on the toe. This shoe was not able to be seen from any of the windows in the hospital or any other nearby buildings. Maria was brought back to life. And when she woke up, she told her nurse about her experience. The nurse investigated and found the shoe exactly where Maria had described. Another person describes the astonishing beauty of heaven, scenery that takes your breath away, fragrances so gentle and sweet, colors that seem to be alive. But none of that compares to Jesus. The man who described this said, Jesus is everything I ever longed for. Can out-of-body experiences be fabricated? Absolutely. John Burke explained that in his research, he was careful to study people who gained nothing nothing materially from their experience. No books were written, no movies made, and these people were all profoundly changed after. Burke believes these experiences are a glimpse into heaven. And as I said before, people describe incredible colors, aromas, feelings of peace and joy. Heaven is a place of worship. Now let's examine what the Bible tells us about heaven. Heaven is a place where the children of God go 
when they leave this earthly life. In the Gospel of John, chapter 5, verse 24, Jesus said, Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life. He does not come into judgment, but has passed from death to life. Jesus was saying, the minute you believe and give your life to him, you become eternal. You are alive today on this earthly world, but when that time ends, you simply cross over from this life to the next. What peace that should give us. We are already eternal. And when we cross over, we will spend that eternity with God and with Jesus When Jesus was on the cross, the thief next to him asked him to remember him when he came into his kingdom. Jesus answered the thief by saying that that very day, the thief would be with Jesus in paradise. So that tells us our souls will go to be with Jesus as soon as life ends. But but it is just our souls or our spirits at that point. We will be separated from our bodies. Our souls, which is really who we are, will be with Jesus. This temporary heaven is a place where all the souls of all the believers that have died to this life are waiting. We will be aware of who we are and where we are. This heaven is a wondrous place full of joy, friendship, and worship. But what will we be waiting for? We will be waiting for Jesus to come back to earth to defeat Satan and his minions during the end time. And then he, Jesus, will rule this world. In Revelation chapter 21, the Apostle John says, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. This is when everyone that would be in the old heaven will receive resurrected bodies. These bodies will be perfectly designed for the kingdom of God, and this will be our final permanent home. Heaven will be right here on earth, but it will be made new. And we will live with God and Jesus for eternity. The new earth will be perfect. Revelation 7, verses 16 and 17 says, Never again will they hunger, never again will they thirst. The sun will not beat down on them, nor any scorching heat. For the lamb at the center of the throne will be their shepherd. He will lead them to springs of living water, and God will wipe every tear from their eyes. And Revelation 21 verses 23 through 26 says, The city does not need the sun 
or the moon to shine on it. The glory of God gives it light, and the Lamb is its lamp. The nations will walk by its light, and the kings of the earth will bring their splendor into it. On no day will the gates ever be shut, for there will be no night there. The glory and honor of the nations will be brought into it. There will be peace. Isaiah says the wolf will live with the lamb, the leopard will lie down with the goat, the calf and the lion and the yearling together, and a little child will lead them. The book of Revelation also says that we will see God face to face. Right now, the Bible says we can't look at God, that we would die, that our humanness would not allow us to be in his presence. But when we have our resurrected bodies, we will be able to be with him. And this is the purpose of heaven, to have fellowship with him, the creator of all. You know, God walked in the garden with Adam and Eve before sin entered the world. And he will walk in the garden with us in the new heaven. So there is nothing to fear in dying as long as you have accepted God's Son, Jesus Christ, as your Lord and Savior, he is the way, the truth, and the life. And now that we have a tiny glimpse of what heaven will be like, how can we use this knowledge to change our lives today? Three things came to me as I worked on this message. Number one, we have hope. As Pastor Gary has explained to us in many of his messages, this isn't the kind of hope where you wish for something you want to happen. I hope the sun shines tomorrow so we can have our picnic, or I hope we catch a lot of fish this afternoon. This hope is an assurance of things to come. Our hope is in God's promise. And that promise is salvation, heaven. And all we have to do is believe. Number two, we have joy. Knowing that one day we will be in the presence of the Creator and of our Savior. Think of that. What will you do when you meet Jesus in heaven? Will you hug him? Will you fall down before him? Will you dance? Maybe all of these things? I don't know today what I'll do, but there is joy. Number three, we have love. What is the greatest command? Love God and love one another. When I think about what Jesus did for me, dying on the cross because he loves me, how hard should it be to spread that love to others? As I grow in my faith, I am working to love as Jesus wants me to. But that will always be a work in progress until I go to heaven. When you truly believe 
and you know that you will spend eternity with the Father and the Son, it should change your life. If time were sand, and eternity was represented by all the grains of sand on all the beaches in the world, your earthly life is just one grain. Your life in heaven is the rest of the sand. This is truly not the life we should be focusing on. We should be thinking of the eternal life that stretches out before us. We should be thinking about how Jesus makes that possible for each of us. How often do you thank Jesus in your prayers for the sacrifice that he became for us? How often do you spread the good news out in this community? Wouldn't it be great if we could get everyone in the world to believe the good news? Wouldn't it be great if we could get one person to believe the good news? Let's think about that this week. Is there someone who needs to hear about the wonders of heaven and how easy it is to get there? Of course, only God can change someone, but we are here to plant the seed, to show everyone our hope, our joy, and our love. Please stand and let's pray. Father, thank you for the glimpses of heaven you give us whether it is through ex-